With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Hi, Lisa. Hey. <clears throat> well, here we are, another major transition. We keep talking about transitions. I feel like I'm always talking about transitions because transitions are the most problematic things in our lives, health-wise and stress-wise. So that is actually the explanation for why I sound like a broken record. Transitions, transitions, transitions. And some people are better at transitions than others. And some people learn to be better at transitions than others. Can I just interject with a quick question? Was it ever thus? Was it always? And the reason that I am asking that is I was randomly watching the weather this morning. Okay. Local station, no big, but even on the New York station. And it's going to be 90 degrees today. And this is exactly my point. Okay. Well, it's summer. It should be PS. And then the whole conversation was pretty much how diabolical that was. And I'm thinking, wow, I remember Augusts in New York beginnings, ends, middles, where you pretty much melted and rioted in your spare time because air conditioning wasn't a, 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 a right the way that it is now. And I started thinking, it's summer, it should be hot. That's all. I, and, and when did it become actual fodder for concern or stress-inducing? Now, and this isn't to say that some people don't like the heat, have problems. I'm, I'm of course, there are always people who can't deal I with it. I don't know. I just think that's because people, it's, you know, the old thing. They just comment on the weather. I don't, I don't think it's anything Well, I know, but particularly I, I, I would just think that any self-respecting meteorologist would be, yes, absolutely right. Oh, <laughs> because you mean the, the weatherman was saying this. Yeah. Well, I don't, but I don't care about people. But we've also an cool summer, so it's just, it's just the shock factor. But I, I think that it's... It's a perfect example. I mean, it's been very cool. Now it's going to be hot. Then it's going to get cool again. And it's going to fluctuate wildly between now and October when we settle into finally just being cool. And then it's just going to settle into just being cold. And horrible. But this, and you'll this, go away. <laughs> right. No, but this that's... particular transition is the hardest of them. We talked about this last week. That, uh, you know, the, the fluctuations are grosser. They're more obvious and more shocking and more prevalent in this time of year than say between spring and summer when it just we kind of smoothly flow from you know sort of balmy days with a few cold days into summer and it's so welcome but this time of year it's it's more more shocking and, and that's I don't why know, I think people I, th I think that's interesting I I tend to think that because this is more back to school and Jewish holidays are always you know new year it might be more shocking, but I know a lot of people who just just really don't like it when it's warm. So welcome. I, I'm just saying from a weather standpoint, they welcome the cool. They, wel they welcome the weather. Well, maybe that's what your weatherman was really saying. No, he wasn't. That, that, that was just idiocy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, because you know summer. Because it hasn't I don't know. Been but all I know is that from an Ayurvedic point of view, and from a health point of view, and a stress point of view, weather is the easiest, well, and most obvious in our lives of the things that changes and affects us. Mm -hmm. No, you that know, makes it's sense. The, it's the it's the the sort of leading indicator of how an individual is going to feel based on how they respond to certain weather. 
So that's why I think it becomes such a topic of conversation because it, it really does affect us profoundly, which is the whole point. Be prepared for it. It's not like you don't know that August is going to have hot days and you don't know that fall is just around the corner and it's going to feel cold and a little shocking and possibly a little brutal. So since you know those things in advance, prepare for it. It's that proper preparation thing. If you just get yourself in with the cycle of it, then it's not going to feel so annoying to you. And that's the trick to transitions. I see it with, you know, little kids when they say, if you're going to end the play date soon, warn the child 10 minutes before. You've got 10 minutes till the play date's over. Five minutes. I'm going to come get you in two minutes. Five minutes to curtain. (laughs) Or last call at the pub. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Right. Just prepare everybody. Just get yourself prepared so that it makes for an easier transition. you got to have your strategies. That's what strategies for dealing with stress are. Stress you know you're going to have. Strategies for dealing with it, that's up to you. That's your responsibility. So, you know, I, I'm very fond of giving lots of different types of tips that people can latch on to as they try and prepare for some of the sharper or harsher transitions. But you still have to just decide, well, I'm actually going to pay attention. I'm actually going to do it. That's everybody's own thing they have to do. Nobody can do it for you. So that was really what I was thinking about this week, just because, as you say, I'm noticing lots and lots of people just complaining about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too this. It's too that. It's always too something. I don't hear people, I think this was your point, just saying, oh, it's August. It's supposed to be hot. Let's enjoy this last, potentially one of the five or six probably last hot days. Oh, whoever was doing the Chiron this morning at WNBC, I'm outing Mm. you. Last hot day of the year. Calling them out. Last hot day of the year. Oh, really? Well, Well, I'm glad you know that. That might be. It might right. be. Well, they've probably studied the almanac. No, 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 no. This is a, this is an intern. Think almanacs are. No, no. This is an intern. This isn't anyone who's. This isn't the media. This is this is your basic headline writer who doesn't read the story. Oh well, maybe or maybe they read the almanac. Which, to my point no. of my question, how accurate do we think almanacs are? They can be incredibly accurate. That's how accurate you, you asked me. They can be incredibly accurate. Well, by, by by and large, and that 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 is why people look at them because they have a fair you you know how accurate is how accurate is weather forecasting weather well, not for- at all. But and that, I used to when see I used- now that is interesting because weather forecasting is based weather forecasting is based on one thing but because of the advent of computers and models and because of the entire rewiring of our brains you just now simply you see these numbers you see it's forecasting something that you really actually have no control over and the only information you have is based on the different soundings that are available and different countries have some have better systems than others. So the fact is, weather forecasting is as only as good as the information and knowing how to take. It's the diff- it's all about interpretation, how to take these data and interpret them. But people have lost the sense of forecast and expect that what they are being told is what it's going to be. And that's just how we've become in this 
Well, but it also seems hard to believe that in this day with our technology, you can't actually, and with computers that can, you know, give you models out for three months, that you can't actually pretty much divine you, these, from weather you, patterns what's going to happen. I mean, you actually, they're more accurate in the long term than they are in the short which term. Which is why almanacs are um, quite successful, but in the short term, because people... Think that it's going to be the tr- well. Therefore, it's short term. It must be. Right. Um, right. That's when you get your meteorologist. You know, <laughs> I'd like to be a weatherman. It's the only job you can get being wrong all the time. And you know, st- and that's just kind of. I, I'm aware of that because a we employ a meteorologist who's very good. Who, when he does his long range forecasts, I mean, he he's really clear about. Why, why he uses certain models, but I'll listen to what he says during the day, and then I'll watch TV weather, or even, God should save us, the Weather Channel. Um, and it's so interesting because if you don't, if you're not, once again, employing critical thinking in regards to weather forecasting, which of course people aren't. They just, they, you know, it's a given. It, it's the little icon that comes up. You, you don't even pay attention to the forecast. You just look at the little thing. It says 60 and there's a sun. So it's going to be 60 and sunny. Just, and <laughs> that becomes a fact. <sighs> and so there's right. no thought that this is actually a forecast. And if the whatchamacallit does it to the who's what's, you know what? You're going to get rain and you're not. Even on that day. So I just, uh, you know, a perfect example of good forecasting was um, Sandy. Sandy, everybody knew that Sandy was coming. Yep. Another good example of forecasting, you know, just it was Katrina. No one could walk around saying, wow, surprise hurricane. Right, but that's just part of it's just the response of people I collectively and individually going, well, it's not going to, you know, people who want to say that's never going to happen and people that go, oh my God, and they panic about everything. That's the, you know, right. the human response you I, can't I, take into account. No. But what I know, just to get back to our topic of the day, is that no matter what your internal response usually is, like, oh, I'm just going to ignore that, that'll go away, won't, won't affect me, or you get hyper nervous and worried about stuff, don't do either of those things. Instead, look at the transition and figure out how that transition is going to affect you personally, historically. You know, how do you, Jill, feel in the fall when the weather gets cool? It may be that you feel great, that you're really happy summer's gone. It may be that the frenzy of reentry doesn't affect you because you don't have kids in school and you're not really paying much attention to that aspect. So when people are talking about those things, you don't have to worry about them. You certainly don't have to get nervous about them. I was reading an article, not an article, it was uh, one of these um, websites, the health and wellness website, and the headline was, hang on to the bliss of summer, ignore the coming season. Hmm. So I thought about that, and I was like, no, don't do that. (laughs) You know, cherish the bliss of summer, but do not ignore the coming season, because what they're really advising people to do is, we all love summer. We all love to be on holiday and resting at the beach and surfing and all those nice things that this article was talking about. Um, but I mean, not that I like surfing, but you know what I mean. And they were saying, just hold on to those, hang on to them, hang on at all costs. But you can't do that, because if you do that, then you're stuck there. And then the onslaught of other things feels even more insulting to your system. 
What you can do is say, wow, I just love those things. Here's some things I can do to remind myself of those days. But you can't try and hang on to them in the face of other realities. Because denial, though it's a long river, does not really help you when you when real things are affecting your body. The cold really affects your body in certain ways. And if you particularly love the hot summer weather and you want to hold on to it at all costs, then you're going to be even in particularly more trouble as the winter sets in and you th- you're cold. So I think that the advice to hang on to your summer bliss at all costs is, is really um, questionable, if not poor, advice in terms of finding a comfort zone with all things. Can we talk now, about- I realize it's kind of a headline, just like your, your headline. You right. Know, Lost hot day of summer. <laughs> I get it. Please. It's just a catchy headline. Right. But at the same time, the message is embedded in those and what you hear, you know, peripherally and what you therefore act on are not helpful. At all. And speaking of which, and, and this is a minor digression, but I think I'm really interested in your uh, response to this. There's a lot of bad advice that's available that people just take because it's advice. And I'm wondering right. whether you have a couple of tools in your toolbox that you could just mention. Like when, when your alarm goes off that says, uh, really? You know, there's, there's, there should be something that you can do. And I don't know, I don't know, because that... That's, you mean due to ignore the bad advice? Well, there's, there's, that, to... that's got to be a source of stress. It's got to be, is when somebody's telling is. you to you do something. You know what, something. here, my favorite example of that is pregnant women. My first advice to pregnant women is always prepare your ear flaps, <laughs> you know, prepare to absolutely ignore half the stuff people tell you because people will tell you all sorts of things in the form of advice or fact or certitude that A, may be just patently wrong or B, may just have nothing to do with you and who you are and your constitution and your experience of that pregnancy and you're in a particularly vulnerable state when you're pregnant right? Because you're, you're anxious and you're in the, doing something new with your body. And so that's the perfect example of where you're really prone to just listen to what anybody has to say to you about anything and think, oh, that must be true. And oh, they have four kids, so that must be true. Uh, no, no, no. Ear flaps, ear flaps, ear flaps to avoid getting anxious and nervous about what people are saying. Now, if you go and seek consult with somebody who knows you, who, whose opinion you respect and trust, well, then you can cautiously raise those ear flaps and have soak in that information. But you have to be really careful to consider the source of all information. So, the say, so you know, the pregnant women is just a really good example because they're particularly vulnerable. But in life in general, people's advice is usually they're talking to themselves, you know, <laughs> And so it may be valuable and it may be worthwhile, but you have to filter it through what works for you, what you know makes sense to you and not just accept it because everybody's different. And as we say in Ayurveda, the answer to everything is it depends. And what does it depend on? It depends on who you are, not who the person talking is. Because we all have vastly different constitutions and vastly different experiences of the world and vastly different processing systems in our bodies. It's like a Mac trying to tell a Microsoft computer what to do. They have different operating systems. They don't even speak the same language. <laughs> it ain't going to work. Right. And then, you know, I, 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 that's a good analogy. I was just 
talking about upgrading a computer of mine, and I am an Apple person, a Mac person, low these past 10 years or so. And Mac, you know, doesn't have the Microsoft Home Office in it. So it doesn't have Word, which is what I've always used and I've always put onto my Mac. And then I, the man was like, well, you know, we have our own system for that and it works just as well. And I said, yes, but will it read all of my old documents properly? And he said, it'll read most of them. <laughs> and I was like, that is the most stress-inducing comment I've ever heard because the last thing I want to do is sit down to my computer to try and sort out something for my blog or something for a letter I'm trying to send somebody or a client and find that the document won't open. You know, almost all the time is not good enough for me. So you have to find things that speak the same language reliably and consistently. And then you say, okay, now I can rely on that. But, you know, that's up to you. Unfortunately, the answer to health and balance and strategies for dealing with stress, unfortunately, the answer is you as an individual have to do some work. And people don't really like to hear that. <laughs> I was listening to a, another holistic practitioner friend of mine who was complaining that it's just so hard because people come to you and they really just want a pill. They really come to you like they come to allopathic physicians wanting an answer and wanting a prescription they can take to the drugstore. And unfortunately, with holistic practices, many of which are gobbledygook, I understand, many of which are real, First, you've got to go through the process of sorting out what's real, what's real for you. And second, it's a process for the most part, these kinds of therapies. They're not just you can take an antihistamine and the histamines will get eradicated. So anyway, I don't know why I digressed to that. But, but it's it, it, because it's something that you're up against when you're really trying to be uh, constructive. Yeah, and, 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 and that, facing that transitions is the point. intelligently right. requires and, constructive thinking. Yeah, and and once – that is the bottom line. If someone wants – and, of course, part of this is human, but part of it is, I don't know, could be more disciplined, let's just say. It's fine to object or 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 say, hey, this causes me stress. I, I need to do something about it. That's good. It's the second half of that yes, <laughs> where exactly. you actually – uh, it is incumbent upon you to participate in the correction. And that's where, that's why you digressed. And that's where it's just such bad habit to um, want a pill or think that, well, right. if you do, if, if you do this a la carte, you know, not really getting fully immersed in it, but I just like, I, I, well, I saw, so I took a walk or I took, I took an Advil. Oh, okay. That's going to solve it. <laughs> You know, because things don't really happen that quickly. And that's just the way it is. Right. So I don't... Well, well, sometimes things happen quickly, but most of the time it's a process. Most of the time fi finding balance in, in your internal self is a process. It's like the pendulum on a clock. Mm -hmm. If it's swinging wildly back and forth, it takes a while for it to find its resolution and come back slowly to center. So if you think of it that way, and you think the more out of balance I am, the more out of whack I am, the more disease manifestations I have, the more I've got these allergies and these sore throats and all those little things that manifest because you're out of whack, the more things like that you have, you've got to imagine that's an indicator that your pendulum is swinging more wildly back and forth, back and forth. So, you know, the more work you have, the more work you have. And the more you've got to be patient and just let the process happen. And stick with whatever therapies. I have a, a, a client who 
wants to know, wants to know. A doctor shopper goes around all the time asking different doctors for cures and gets answers, but doesn't stick with the answers or the proposed answers long enough to really know if they work. So we had the conversation the other day that the manifestation of disease, dis-ease they are experiencing took a long time to settle in and has in fact been with them for years. So it's unreasonable to expect that three days of trying a particular diet or four days of trying a particular herb are going to eradicate the condition. That's not a reasonable expectation. That's, you know, that's magical thinking. And magical thinking works sometimes in Western medicine in the short term. Because take the histamine example. You can take antihistamines and it will slow down the histamine reaction and your allergies will feel better. But a whole host of other things, processes will happen in your body that may be really deleterious down the road. You may stop your digestive system from working optimally. So you've got to now address that. And then once you've addressed that, once digestion goes, then your sleep patterns tend to go and your skin might get bad. There's a whole host of things that can happen every time we take a simple action. There are reactions. And that's the other thing that holistic medicine takes into account very beautifully. And allopathic medicine tends to just push under the rug as the kind of dirty little secret. And therefore, we all as consumers push it under the rug because it's you don't want to think about that. You just want to get rid of the allergy symptoms. But you do have to be poised to deal with all the other reaction and patterns that will happen in your body and cause other problems. And sometimes it's triage. You know, it's you can't live with the allergy. So you have to take the the antihistamine. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying do it and be very mindful of what's going on in your body and what the reaction system is so that you can address each thing as it comes up and slow down the pendulum and find that place, kind of the fulcrum of life, where you know things can go on around you without having such a huge effect. Can't rattle your cage as much. So yeah. that's, the, and, that's the big thing. And uh-uh. it's the big thing at this time of year, because this, as I go back to, is a very big transitional period where lots of actions and reactions are likely to take place in your body, in your life, in your mind. Right, and you know, it doesn't. It it really doesn't matter. I well, I I don't want to minimize it. I know obviously, a lot of people who have kids going to school, going back to school, going to school for the first time. But work changes after summer. I know people who are doing new jobs. I know people who have changed themselves during the summer and have decided to do another thing. There's something about summer that is implicitly a more quote, relaxed, period. Whether or not people are relaxed during it, it is more relaxed, which makes the transition to fall that much more jarring, just because. Exactamundo. And that's, exactly. that's, that's uh, and everybody, I mean, perhaps that's too broad, I'm trying to think, but probably not. Everybody's affected by it because they either know someone, you know, Really, unless you're living on some remote island somewhere. But even if that's the case, because if it's remote, chances are the visitors have left and you're going back to life as it was. So pretty much everybody is affected by this one. And it just wants adjustment. And that's that's the key thing is knowing when there is adjustment that needs to take place. And then once again, being willing to participate in said adjustment. 
and being willing to also give it the time that it needs to happen. Exactly. Time, 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 time. Space, space, space. It's not happening overnight. <laughs> and also, <laughs> the other watchword is to pay attention to the actions and the reactions. Right. It's a season of flux. It is a season of flux. And flux means wild vacillations in things. So the only thing we can do is like stand fast on that surfboard when the waves come in and hope not to get toppled over. So those are, that's, that's, that's really the gist of of this conversation. Thank you very much, Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa, Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. I'm <laughs> sorry.